0: Ohio's special elections over and issue one was unfortunately defeated. So it's on to November and our efforts to defeat the uh, abortion amendment here in the state of Ohio. And here on the program today, we're going to be unpacking the language of the amendment and talk to an expert who will be able to make sense of it all. So stick around. You're listening to The Mark Harrington Show. Well, welcome, everybody. Mark Harrington here, your radio activist, and you can find out more about our program by going to MarkHarrington.org. We're also on all the popular podcasting platforms. You can pick up the program 24-7, 365, and also follow me on social media. Well, if you've been tuning into the program lately, you know we are right in the heart of the battle here in Ohio. And that is the the proposed constitutional amendment that will be on the ballot on November 7th here in Ohio is really the mother of all battles, because what happens in Ohio often happens all across the country. And so I've been blowing the trumpet. I've been beating the drum. I've been standing on the rooftops and shouting for people to start uh, paying attention to what's going on in Ohio, because the game is on now, now that this special election has come and gone. We are now focused like a laser on de- defeating this uh, this pro abortion constitutional amendment here in the state of Ohio because the other side has already telegraphed that they're going to take this across the country to up to eight states in 2024. So today we are going to get down to business, friends. And whether you live in Ohio or not, you need to understand what this amendment, uh, what this proposed amendment would do to the abortion issue to pre-born children, to parents, uh, to women, all across the state. And for that matter, I will have implications all across the country. And so we're going to basically go through the, the amendment itself. And we're going to pick it apart and we're going to tell you the truth. So in order to do that, I have my good friend and colleague Liz Kent with us today. And uh, she is a uh, board member of the Right to Life Coalition of Ohio, which I am part of that coalition, uh, created equal is that that is. And she's a longtime pro-life activist since her days at Kent State University here in Ohio. And she's one of the presenters for the town halls, to which I've been a part of in the last several months, going all across Ohio, presenting the, the problems with this amendment and getting people to understand what's going on and activating them. So, Liz, thanks for being on the program. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Hey, Mark, it's a delight. I'm totally privileged to be a part of your program, so thanks for having
0: me. Well, we love being with you when we go about doing these town halls. And friends, they've been very well attended all across the state, and we're ready to to go back on the road here real soon. And you're going to get a picture of one of those three presentations today. Uh, At the town halls, there's three presentations. One is the reality of abortion. That's my presentation. The other is on the amendment itself. That's Liz Kent, and that's what we're going to focus on today. And then the last one is the what do we do after Roe v. Wade generally? And Linda Tice actually presents that one. And so one of my calls to action up front is if you like what you hear today, if you learn something from what you heard today and saw, then invite the Right to Life Coalition of Ohio town halls to your area here in Ohio. So, Liz, let's get on to it. Let's talk about this amendment. I basically am going to turn this over to you allow you to present the information that you've gathered regarding this amendment and we'll just go through it step by step. So go ahead and and tell us about this constitutional amendment which is now officially on the ballot on November 7th here in the state of Ohio.
1: Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to talk more about the language of this amendment because there the other side is already out there trying to confuse people to say certain things aren't being mentioned and so I'd like to equip your audience and anybody else that happens to, you know, hear this podcast to uh to know more and to be able to recite things well and and understand it. So so the purpose of today, you know, we're going to help you understand this uh anti-parent, anti-woman, anti-life proposed constitutional amendment. And uh we're going to go right into it here. So what is this amendment? Well, it is a proposed constitutional amendment. We haven't voted on it yet. That's going to happen. On uh, the seventh of November, coming up in just a you know three short months, and this will radically change our state's abortion laws. And if, you know, also a lot of these laws are peripheral to other circumstances in life, but um, of course they affect the current abortion laws. So anytime you've got a constitutional uh, a piece of wording in the constitution that that should be contradictory contradictory to a statute and existing law. Well, the Constitution always overrides that. okay, So that's one overarching principle here that we have to keep in mind. You right. also see that the wording in this document, this proposed amendment, is very uh, it's, it's very broad, intentionally vague, and it's unconstrained. Um, so let's start with the title of the amendment. It's called the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety. I always tell people, say that 10 times fast, right? While patting your head. Yeah. They like to throw in all kinds of words with these things. But you'll see that this is nothing protective. There's very little in terms of you know health and safety precautions because those will be thrown out the door. Um, and you can always stop me too, Mark, if you have something you wanted to say. but. Um, so who's pushing this? Well, you know, besides the fellow in the background who's sadly popping up everywhere all over the country, in Ohio, we've got two pro-death coalitions. Um, one calls themselves Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom, and the other calls itself Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights. Um, everybody likes freedom and everybody likes rights, correct? So so this is a very enticing kind of a couple of coalitions, right, until you see who they are. So, Ohioans for Reproductive Freedom are comprised of many groups, but I'm just, you know, outlining some of the big names that are not specifically local to Ohio. The American Civil Liberties Union, which is the ACLU, they have a chapter in Ohio, and it's my understanding that they take the credit for writing this amendment. They also wrote the Proposition 3 Amendment, which sadly passed last year in Michigan.
0: And English yeah, language is almost almost exactly like it, 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 it there there are a few things left out in this one, but it's almost like the Michigan language
1: It is very, very close uh, one of the big words they they left out of their listing is sterilization because they realize the public doesn't quite like that word yet right. um, I'm sure they had focus groups that commented on that. Um, But ACLU has lots of money, as does Planned Parenthood, and they do have a chapter in Ohio. They're called Advocates of Ohio. And as you know, Mark, you know, Planned Parenthood is there to sterilize a country near you or far away from you, depending on where they end up. So they're really not about uh, perpetuating the human population, right? Um, And they have very deep pockets. And then there's a group called URGE, which is not based at all in Ohio. They have people all over the country uh, they stand for United for Reproductive and Gender Equity. Their big claim to fame is to spread their um, propaganda to southeastern U.S. colleges, otherwise known as the Bible Belt. So um, they're ready to malform minds. And all of these groups have, you know, social media posts that tell you all about how parents should not have this, um, you know, the say in what their kids want to do with their own reproductive freedom, quote unquote. And as I mentioned before, there are other groups involved, but these are the big ones that you need to be aware of. They're not necessarily Ohio based. okay? Right.
0: So, friends, let me stop you there. People need to understand when we say that this amendment was crafted and funded by outside sources, outside organizations. We're telling you the truth. Millions of dollars are coming into the state of Ohio to fund this effort. And it's being done by outside special interests and special interest money. So this is true. We you know, it's right there for everybody to see. It's public information to see who's behind this thing. And that's why we as Ohioans or anyone, as far as the state constitution goes, we don't want a piece of our constitution be bought by outside interests. And that's what's going on here, at least attempting. They're attempting to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a good point, Mark, because issue one, I believe there was almost 15 million dollars that came from out of Ohio uh, to fund the, uh, the the people who are opposing that issue. Um, so getting back to what we're talking about, the second group that's behind this amendment is called Ohio Physicians for Reproductive Rights. And they're comprised mostly of uh, so-called abortion doctors. Um, I say that in quotations because if they were to take their Hippocratic oaths seriously, they would not be maiming and mutilating children in utero. Uh, But that's another topic for another time. So they only comprise about 4% of all Ohio physicians. Um, The amendment itself, and there'll be wording that people can can actually get the wording. I'm sure Mark Mark will talk about that in a little bit. But there there are four sections to this uh, proposed amendment, A, B, C, and D. It's a a pretty Mm -hmm. simply written document. So it's not very long. Um, Going into section A, it says every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions including but not limited to decisions on and this is where the aclu pulled out the word sterilization okay but they list they list five things here contraception fertility treatment continuing one's own pregnancy miscarriage care and abortion Uh, with this listing uh, miscarriage care—we we have all of these things already. Why, wh- you know, all of this stuff is already accessible in the state of Ohio. One's own pregnancy care, fertility treatment—all this stuff is available already within the state of Ohio. So, why this has to get inserted into our, our, you know, founding document—the document that governs our government—is a head scratcher. Except that there's more to it than meets the eye. So. The other thing is miscarriage care. Sadly, miscarriage is, is referred to as a spontaneous abortion in medical terminology. And the other side uses that to confuse people. The The baby in utero is already dying or dead. And so that's a miscarriage is because, you know, mom has to pass that, that baby through her system. And that has nothing to do with abortion. Abortion is an elected, intentional killing of an unborn or preborn human baby okay so that that needs to be separated out with what miscarriage is but you'll see mark in in the in the line here we've got a couple of terms in red we've got the word individual and then including right. but not limited to so when other people say well it doesn't say in here um such and such treatment for instance um you know, quote unquote, gender reaffirming care, right? Or, or anything involving, you know, puberty blockers or whatever. The idea Ah. is that one, this has to do with reproduction, right? So if any reproductive organ is affected, uh, you could, you could add this to the list because it's not a limited list. It says not limited to in this listing. Okay. So let's go into who has the right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions. Well, every individual, so what does that really mean? Because if they wanted it to be about adult women, they would say women. If they wanted it to be about men, they would say men, but they they don't, they know what they're doing here. This is any age, it could be anybody from age zero on up. At some point, maybe the argument will be made that the newborn baby wants to have an abortion or some awful thing like that, right? And either sex, you know, not just females. Otherwise, it would mention, you know, only females. Okay. Um, right. And I
0: think, let me put a fine point on I think sure. this, is, this is something we really need to drive home. This is intentional, people. They, they use the word individual so they could be broad enough to allow minors without consent of their parents to have abortions. And we would submit to, uh, to the voters also gender reassignment surgery. Uh, They are intentionally using that term individual in order to make this available to everyone and without parental consent. And so when you see these ads being run by Protect Women Ohio talking about parental rights being stripped away when it comes to this constitutional amendment, this is where we're getting it from. And people say, well, you know, it's not specific. Well, listen, when you leave it up to the courts, to determine what this term means, we know where that can go. We led this led this type of stuff led to 50 years of roe versus Wade, friends. Mm-hmm. So we leave it up to liberal courts to start interpreting what the word individual means. We know it's broad, it's intentionally broad for that very reason. It's
1: an excellent point, Mark, because you know there are troops of attorneys waiting in the wings that Planned Parenthood exactly. and ACLU utilize to Basically dismantle whatever laws could be standing in the way of what they eventually want, which is very unconstrained um, right and,
0: and the ACLU is on record in other states as trying to eliminate parental rights in a lot of different areas as well, so yeah we don 't have to be guessing at this they have it they have telegraphed their intentions in other states across the country about parental rights they have a disdain for parental rights they don 't believe children should be uh, accountable to their parents. This is something the ACLU, because they're the American civil liberties. They think children should have liberties beyond what is generally acceptable in our country and and, and basically go against their entire, their parents' uh, wishes. And so we're not making this stuff up, friends.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, this and this is what they call on social media, self-determination as if a child has the ability to reason and understand and have those experiences that their their adult parents would would know and be able to protect them from those things. So this is very dangerous, um, and you're totally right about that. Uh, and regarding parental rights, uh, that was something that back in 1982, Planned Parenthood sued the, the city of Akron, uh, and it went up to the Supreme Court and was decided upon in like the following June of 1983 where they stripped the parents of rights one of the things in that in that uh statute that the city of Akron wanted to pass was to require unmarried 15-year-old minors require that at least one parent gives consent to an abortion that's not very mm-hmm. radical right like at least have one parent consent to your 15-year-old unmarried daughter's abortion guess what planned parenthood didn't like that they had to take this up to the supreme court and completely eliminate that and they got their way among other really radical things that came out of that for the city of Akron. So they've already done it in Ohio. They'll do it again to the nth degree. Yep. So um, this amendment never uses the terminology woman or mother because, you know, most people who have good experiences with mom, you know, think of warm fuzzies, right? So we we don't want that to enter the scene somehow. But it also, right. you know, it, does, it makes this weird assumption that a person can change his or her, her sex, you know, and, and this is really a strange philosophical uh, thing that starts to enter into our, our constitution if this should pass, because mm-hmm. one of the weird phenomenons going on right now is the, we have women parading as men who call themselves trans men, and they are getting pregnant, so now they're saying men can get pregnant well that's defying natural law they know this but people who aren't as discerning are going to fall for that and and this kind of this kind of strange use of you know this this ideology will actually be embedded in our state's constitution it'll be a strange belief system and also the wording now could be it could open the door to other other terminology and words that are you know antithetical to natural law
0: Right. And I think the point should be made. They aren't going to stop with this. If they get this in the in the Ohio Constitution, they're going to keep moving with this type of an agenda to enshrine other types of so-called rights into our Constitution. So it doesn't stop with abortion, supposedly. It goes beyond that, even in this this amendment. But if they get it passed, they're going to go right back to the Supreme Court again to enshrine so-called other rights. Uh, that we would find uh, offensive and most Ohioans would not support. So, yeah, you're totally right. No, we don't we don't want to leave this up to that. That's right. As heinous as those topics are, those should be left to the state legislature through policymakers, not a one size fits all constitutional amendment to which there was no discussion about language, no compromise, no back and forth. It's all or nothing voted on one day. That's not how these types of uh, things should take place. They should be debated in the legislature through the representatives of the people. And so that's why this constitutional amendment is so dangerous.
1: And that's why it's so important for people to understand how this language is so broad and can be interpreted in in, in very um, dangerous ways. Absolutely. So if we move on to section B, we see that it says the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either A, an individual um, or a person or entity that assists the individual in making those reproductive decisions. So again, um, you know, to whom does this section apply? Well, it talks about, again, this individual, right? From age zero on up, male or female seeking the treatment may not be burdened or interfered with or prohibited that means mom or dad can't come back and try to sue somebody for taking their child to a um a clinic of some sort and and getting whatever if it was an abortion or abortion pills or or you know puberty blockers or anything like that that's very dangerous for parents so this is out there um, you know, hanging in the balance, and would be applied to our state's constitution. It would. This is not just a simple legislative, you know, statute, right? Um, so the other, the other entity that this applies to is, of course, the state. Um, and a little bit later, it talks about the definition of the state. But the state can't go back, and they can't try to burden or interfere or anything like that with the person or entity that is even assisting the individual. So imagine this, and this is could this could be a scenario that comes out of it. Imagine a sex trafficker and sadly we've got that happening in Ohio, you know, taking somebody to get an abortion or, or something and and maybe that person gets caught. Well, guess what? You can't you can't burden or interfere with that because the the, the, the Constitution now protects that person that assists the individual who is seeking that treatment.
0: Yeah, so let me this, make one point here as well. This kind of resurrects the Planned Parenthood versus Casey term undue burden, which, of course, now is history. (laughs) We've cast down uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, but they're trying to resurrect that language. Burden, undue burden, again, can be interpreted very broadly. Anything that they might interpret as interfering with the, quote, individual's rights, to abortion or to gender reassignment surgery uh, would be considered an undue burden and therefore unconstitutional. So again, very broad language. We've been there with Planned Parenthood versus Casey. They're trying to bring it right back in to our Ohio constitution.
1: It's amazing how they sneak around the system, isn't it? Yeah. So getting to your point about a burden Let's think of some laws that are currently on the books in Ohio that would be abolished because they could be interpreted as being burdensome to those trying to carry out these decisions, right? Mm
0: -hmm. So for
1: one thing, we've talked about parental consent and, and parental notification laws. Well, those are laws on Ohio books right now. But under this amendment, if somebody could argue the case that this could be a burden to somebody who needs that abortion right now, they need that late term abortion immediately because, you know, it's a burden for that person to carry this baby to term, okay? Or they need that, that um, chemical castration, as puberty blockers right now because they're losing their social, you know, circle or whatever. Um, you can't change that. Mom and dad won't be able to go in and, and help affect the change that they want to see for their children. It would be up to uh, whoever's taking that child or minor, you know, into these uh, procedures. Um, so this is very dangerous. Um, what else counts as a burden? Well, we have a forty eight hour waiting period in the state of Ohio. You know, back I mentioned that 1983 decision the Supreme Court had on on the city of Akron. The city of Akron was trying to require a twenty four hour waiting period. Uh, and that got struck down as unconstitutional, according to the Supreme Court back then. So if you don't think that the ACLU and Planned Parenthood are lining up to get their attorneys ready to start hacking away at these statutes that exist in our our state code, um, you got another thing coming, because that's what these mm-hmm. people specialize in. Uh, waiting periods are so important because about 60% or two-thirds of women feel some kind of coercion or pressure into getting an abortion and it's helpful to be able to have you know uh some time to think about your decision and and not rush into it. I mean this if you think about it this is more important than buying a house or getting married. You're you're possibly bringing new life into the world, right? It's a big decision. Uh so under this amendment waiting periods would disappear. And uh, another thing to consider and this is by no means an inclusive list of everything that could that's already on the books in Ohio that could be gone but full consent laws, informed consent. Um, Did you know that the city of Akron also lost their informed consent uh, piece to that legislation that was um, overturned by the Supreme Court back in 1983? They wanted the the doctors, the abortion doctors to give patients the the fetal development information and where they were in their stage of pregnancy and risks and complications that could occur as a as a as a choice if you if you go and have an abortion what's at stake for you physically well guess what the supreme court said that wasn't good either and they they abolished that statute that part of the statute so so if you don't think you know again here we go back if you don't think planned parenthood and the ACLU want to abolish informed consent laws because it could possibly stop somebody from going through with an abortion or or a sex change operation or something you got another thing coming
0: yeah so if we go on to viability let me make a, another point here mm-hmm. uh, you're in an Ohio and I'm in an Ohio and we have fought for decades to put in legislation to and this has been legislation passed duly by our legislature signed by our governor to put reasonable restrictions on abortion those will be wiped out In one single day, if this passes on November 7th, and that's what Ohioans need to understand this, this type of stuff, which most Ohioans agree with will be gone. So it's important that we make that clear. That's why I think Governor Dewine did such a good job the other day in his press conference talking about how this is a radical and extreme measure and it will wipe out all the policy that's been passed in the legislature over the last couple of decades that is accepted and approved by the Ohio voter. So I think it's important for us to make that a, a point. So go ahead. And we're moving on. to I think viability might be the next one, because I think this yeah. is another key point that we need to focus on, because I think folks are un, are are kind of confused about what this might mean mm-hmm. and how the courts could interpret it.
1: Yeah, good point. So it says in the section B, it's sort of toward the end of section B, it says, "However, abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability." But mm-hmm. in no case right. may and and I think they put that in there to kind of give it a little pretension like, "Oh, we're pretending that we're not so radical," yeah. right? "But in no case may such an abortion be prohibited if in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, otherwise known as the abortionist or abortion doctor, it is necessary to protect the pregnant patient's life or health. Don't you love it how they don't say mother? Unbelievable, pregnant patient, whatever, birthing person, right? So let's let's unpack that just a little bit. Who gets to decide? Okay, the treating physician, the abortion provider gets to decide every single time. So if that abortionist is generally um, motivated by cash dollars, right, he or she is not going to say, Hey, let's let's put the brakes on this a little bit. Okay. Um, the other entity that is included in this section, it says that, you know, the state, it's implied that the state can never forbid an abortion if this abortionist says it's necessary to protect the pregnant patient's life or health. Okay.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and let's 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 unpack that a little bit. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. you mentioned the Casey um case. Well, Doe versus Bolton back in 1973 defined what health is health is a sadly a loosey-goosey term now that it, it it's anything from emotional to mental to financial to the women's age um, or familial factors that bear on health and so if uh, let's say a child goes you know in for an abortion you know somebody who's 14 15 years old and the abortionist says well you know Uh, you know, maybe you're 26 weeks along. By the way, in the state of Ohio, you cannot have an abortion here past 22 weeks. Now, we voted on a law called the heartbeat law, which passed in our legislature a few years back, that after the heartbeat is detected around six weeks, okay, there should be no abortion. But unfortunately, okay, our opponents on the other side had to take uh, you know that to court, and now it's being held up in the Ohio Supreme Court by a Hamilton County judge. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we yeah. can expect a lot of this stuff happening if this thing should get codified in our uh, constitution. So, getting back to the life or health, this also has a direct impact on the the viability of a baby. And in the state of Ohio, it's generally regarded that 22 weeks is sort of the generally accepted viability. Um, You know, time that if a baby were to be born, he or she could be viable outside the womb without, you know, real extreme measures. And technology is getting so good these days that we're even hearing about babies that are 19 weeks, you know, getting born and getting the help that they need. What is to stop an abortionist from deciding that at 38 and a half weeks or 39 and a half weeks or 30 weeks? The babies are very well developed okay and just getting larger that guess what we don't think that baby i don't think that baby can be viable outside the womb okay there's nothing to stop it there's nothing to stop it
0: nothing to stop it and you know i've mentioned on this program in the past uh, warren hearn who is the entrepreneur i guess you could or inventor of late-term abortion in america was quoted in a national publication recently talking about viability And he basically redefined it himself. He said that viability is really up to what the mother decides. In other words, if the mother wants the pregnancy, the child, then then the baby's viable. But if the mother doesn't want or the pregnant person, as it said in this amendment, (laughs) does not want that child, then the baby is not viable. So basically these words, viability, are being redefined by the abortion industry themselves. And I submit to you that the courts will do the same thing if given the opportunity. This idea of health, you know you can drive a Mack truck through it. Uh, they did that in Doe v. Bolton. And so we're, again, resurrecting old language from Casey to enshrine in our Constitution here in the state of Ohio, language that has now been done away with by the overturning of Roe v. Wade and Doe v. Bolton and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So this is where we make the case strongly that late term abortions are now going to be enshrined in our constitution here in the state of Ohio, more than likely tax funded. And we're going to get to that in a second uh, by Ohio tax dollars. And so it blows out this 22 week limit here in Ohio currently. And people need to understand that, that we will become Ohio will become California. We will become Uh, New Mexico, New York, all the places where people go to have late term abortions. That's what's coming to Ohio if we don't defeat this. So
1: Section Section C goes on with some definitions. It says, you know, the state includes any government, any governmental entity or any political subdivision. So we know that the folks that are behind this, you know, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, They're very adept at using the court system to further their agendas and to break down statutes and things that exist um, on the books. So we expect that to happen. This is going to be the thing that they do to usher in, like what you're saying, Mark, with late term abortions, a painful, barbaric procedure that, uh, oh, my, I can't imagine how that would look in our state. That's just awful to consider uh Section D says that this section is self executing that really just means that it's gonna take effect if it should pass on November the seventh. You wake up on November the eighth okay. and maybe we'll maybe we'll be hearing about all these uh you know uh filings that will get done by the a c l u lawyers you know against this or that entity right
0: well they will they will certainly be in the wait. that's for sure. I'm sure they are writing those right now,
1: right, yeah, right. So here's some things when people are uh, having conversations with other Ohioans, um, you know, the big thing is to remember that this amendment, proposed amendment, will erase the basic rights of parents. And it will jeopardize women's health and safety. One of the things I didn't mention about that is, in the state of Ohio, um, an abortion clinic is considered an ambulatory healthcare clinic or center. And the 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 doctors on staff have to have licensing with the nearby hospital in the event of a you know perforated uterus or some awful thing happening. Um, if that's considered a burden because it's another step in the process, it's more paperwork and blah blah blah. Guess what? They could easily say we don't want that. That's out. Okay. So women's health and safety is definitely in jeopardy, especially considering uh, full in consent. You know, not having that those details about where the risks are uh, in a particular abortion procedure. Um, the big thing that you mentioned too, Mark, is that this allows for painful and, and I'm going to say barbaric late-term abortion up to the moment of birth with taxpayer funding. Uh, very sadly, recently, the state of Alaska just approved, uh, or were they, were they were directed, I think, by their state Supreme Court, that they now have to have Medicaid funded abortion in the state of Alaska. So, you know, God help them. Do we not think that's going to be coming to Ohio? You think these people are going to be just content without (laughs) that burden of finance, right, on the patient? They're going to say, no, the state should be paying for your abortion, otherwise known as the taxpayers, right? We mentioned how this empowers abortionists because they can dictate what fetal viability looks at. And uh, also, we we touched upon this a little bit. We talked a little bit about sex mutilation or gender reassignment, quote unquote. This is a broad open door for, for those things, which we know a lot of parents are fighting at different schools around the country. So uh, that's, you know, waiting in the wings, right, as part of this thing. It's just not listed, but it's not limited to that list of five things we talked about. So right. the big takeaway, of course, for Ohioans is, First of all, make sure you're registered to vote for November the 7th and you want to vote no. We don't even know what the name of this issue is going to be, but. Right.
0: We, by the way, should know. I mean, uh, uh, legally speaking, they have to give it to us by August 25th. So that's within a week or so uh, of the uh, posting of this broadcast. So we will have an issue number, an amendment number here within a week or so. So.
1: Great. Yeah. So we'll know what that is, but you'll just know it as this pro-death, you know, anti-family, anti-parent amendment. And and then we've got some resources, um, of course, rtlaohio.org. And Mark, you've got a wonderful volunteer portal on your website for folks that are either in the state of Ohio or outside. You know, maybe you could describe a little bit about what they can do to, to help out Ohio.
0: All right, Liz, thanks for so thanks so much for uh, unpacking this uh, diabolically evil <laughs> amendment, proposed amendment to the Ohio Constitution. And friends, if you want to find out more, go to RTLAohio.org. If you want to book your own uh, town hall here in the state of Ohio and, and hear from Liz in person, along with myself and Linda Tice. Uh, on uh, these town halls, we're gonna, we'll are going we come to your area. But we also ask you to share this video and audio far and wide. Everybody in the state of Ohio, for that matter, around the country who cherishes life, pre-born life, needs to be equipped and understand what this amendment would mean to the state of Ohio and, and other states around the country. So, Liz, thanks for being on the program. We appreciate all your help in, in getting the word out.
1: Thanks, Mark. God bless you for for all the work you're doing, too. Thank you.
0: So, friends, I hope you uh, enjoyed Liz Kent and her explanation of the radical and extreme abortion amendment that is on the ballot here in the state of Ohio on November 7th. Uh, Hopefully you can pass this on to your friends and colleagues. And everyone needs to get equipped. They need to understand what the amendment means, because we're going to hear From here until November, we're going to hear a bunch of lies about this. We're going to say the other side's going to say that women are going to die if we don't pass it and that, uh, you know, we're going to outlaw abortion. Of course, that's not true. And this amendment has language that uh, exposes them and their lives. So, friends, please pass this information along. Also, we have come out with a new red line document. And that is a markup, if you will, of the abortion amendment. And if you go to createdequal.org slash abortion amendment, that's createdequal.org slash abortion amendment, you can take a look at this and you simply just hover your mouse over the red letters, and then it will pop up a little box that'll explain what they mean by this. This is a very effective way to get the, the the truth about what the amendment means. Uh, and it's been very popular and people have been using it all across the state and for that matter, across the country. So that is org slash abortion amendment, our new red line document or markup of the uh, November proposed November abortion amendment here in the state of Ohio. And then the final call to action is this, come to Ohio. We're telling you folks, we need everybody on board. Again, this is for all the marbles. Uh, If we can win in Ohio, we can establish that Normandy beachhead, Normandy beach, you know, where we can say no more. We put an end to it here and we can launch from there new offensive measures in other states. But right now we're playing defense. and We need all hands on deck to come to Ohio because this is a national referendum on abortion. And so, friends, if you can come to Ohio, please let us know. Go to createequal.org. Uh, slash Ohio and volunteer, we'll put you in the game. We're doing door-to-door campaigns, phone banking, uh, all kinds of uh, public outreach around the state. So we need your help. You can help us out also by donating to Created Equal by going to createdequal.org, createdequal.org. So we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God.